Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick. And this was the 72nd and final regular season game for your Golden State Warriors. And if you haven't followed, I've done an episode for all 72 games this season because way back when I was like, yo, I really miss basketball because the Warriors were not in the bubble. They were not in the playoffs. I miss talking basketball with friends or just anyone in general. So it's been fun this season and I'm looking forward to doing more in the playing round and hopefully the regular, normal, traditional playoffs. But this game where the Warriors beat the Memphis Grizzlies to secure the eighth seed in the play-in round, this game actually showed me that what I really, really missed was intense playoff-level basketball. This game was like the most fun I've had by myself in a really long time. I actually pumped my fist when Steph hit that three-pointer in the fourth quarter where he was doubled and then he passed the ball to Draymond over close to midcourt and Jaron Jackson went with him. And then the other defender, some guard for Memphis, went to go guard Andrew Wiggins on the other wing. And then Steph ran past Jaron Jackson Jr. and got the pass from Draymond and hit a wide open three. I pumped my fist. And that's not the weirdest thing in the world. But for me, that really kind of showed me. I like looked at my arm and I was like, oh, I guess I really give a shit about this game. It was clear from the start that the refs were already in playoff mode. They were clearly not calling ticky-tack fouls. They weren't calling the holds, the grabs. I mean, everybody was giving credit to Dylan Brooks for playing great defense on Steph. But man, he was he was fouling him a bunch. I mean, that that goes in the playoffs. And so that's why it went here. I mean, it went both ways. There were a couple early fouls that could have been called on Draymond, on Looney, guarding Valanchunas. But, you know, so it goes, right? All you want is for it to be even both ways. And I think ultimately it was, but it's always tough because Steph, his whole career, he's been fouled so much on the grabs and the holds and all that jazz. Anyway, but so it goes, right? You could also argue that the Warriors have been getting away with moving screens for like the last seven, eight years. So whatever. A couple things. I'm really, really excited about Jordan Poole for next season as a sixth man. And not to get too far ahead, but I mean, if he can be consistent, a guy that the other team has to match up with and worry about coming off the bench, that's a huge advantage. The Warriors haven't had that in a couple seasons at least. And I'm trying to think of somebody who was instant offense off the bench before. Iguodala wasn't so much a scorer, neither was Livingston. They were consistent. They were awesome. They were fantastic veterans. But somebody who could just come in and hit a few threes. They haven't had that in a while. I mean, maybe Barbosa was the last guy who could really just come off the bench and light it up a little bit. But I'm watching this game and I'm like, holy crap, I actually trust Jordan Poole. I mean, he had a couple of sloppy plays and there was that one play where he should have pulled the trigger, a three-pointer in the corner, but he didn't. He passed off and I think they missed the shot on that possession. But Jordan Poole is not afraid of the moment. And that's a huge thing because for them to succeed, they need guys who just are wanting that shot, willing to pull the trigger. 
And in general, he's that dude. You know, he's built for these kind of moments. His skill set and his experience just hadn't been there yet, but it's starting to kind of dovetail together. You know what I mean? So again, this season, great. But next season, I'm looking forward to that, especially, you know, again, you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Wiggins, you have Draymond, you have Wiseman, and then you bring Poole, Looney off the bench, a couple other vets whomever else, rink chasers, I don't know. But that's starting to look a little bit more promising in terms of possible title contention. And Andrew Wiggins, I mean, come on. That dude was like, he was super aggressive. And the Warriors started off slowly. And there was this one play, this drive, where he took it off the three-point line and went into like three guys off two feet, holding the ball with two hands, knowing he was going to get hacked like hell. And he was aggressive. He got fouled. And I was like, okay, so he can be aggressive. He's been pacing himself all season, pretty much all his career. And now when it's on the line, he went for it. And that put back dunk towards the end of the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? So he's showing the athleticism that I've wanted to see all season. He's showing the aggression. And he knew with the slow start that he had to call his own number. And he did. So I totally dig that. And again, that bodes well for for next year. And let's get to Steph and Draymond, man. I mean, like, this is what they're made for. This is what they're built for. And I said in the last episode, I felt like the Warriors were going to pull it out, largely because of their playoff championship pedigree experience. You know, they know how to play in this situation. They don't get rattled. They're clever. They're smart. When the lights are brightest, they play their best. That's it. Bottom line, done deal. You know? (laughs) So you kind of felt like that's what would take them forward. And probably over the course of 48 minutes, it was, right? Steph found ways to score. Draymond, he played with fire, man. (laughs) He battled Valanciunas. He battled all those big dudes over on Memphis and nearly had a triple W at 14 points, nine assists, nine boards in 38 minutes. Steph himself, 16 for 36, 46 points, nine for 22, 22 threes. He fought, man. Steph had a couple bad turnovers. He had seven turnovers on the night, but his resume was all over the court. When they're taking away his three, when they're fouling him like crazy, he went to the basket. He put up floaters. He kept the other team honest until the game started opening up for him beyond the arc. And hey, even though they let Dylan Brooks get away with a lot of stuff early on, hey, the dude fouled out on a lame-ass foul, too. The game changed a lot when he went out, and who knows how much closer it would have been. But we might get a chance to see Memphis in the play-in if the Warriors lose the first game to either the Lakers or Portland, and then Memphis beats San Antonio. We might see these same two teams in a second play-in game back in Chase Center. So something to keep your eyes on. But it's crazy. After a whole mediocre season of like going back and forth, win, loss, two games above 500, then back to 500, two games below 500, then back at 500. After hovering around mediocre for the whole season, it's impressive that they put together a six-game winning streak to finish it out. And these are the kinds of wins I've been talking about all season long, showing what championship basketball, playoff basketball is all about, building that momentum, having fun, first of all, getting through this season, scaring some folks, exciting the crowd, pumping up the ratings, whatever, but not ending the season flat. 
You know, if you're just mediocre and you miss the playoffs, it's like, huh, yeah, wow. I guess, uh, I guess we suck. But then at this point, you're seeing what some of these guys can do when the pressure's really on, and you're getting them some serious experience, right? Like Wiggins needs this, Pool needs this, JTA needs this. Heck, even Mulder needs this. And if you're going into the playoffs, I mean, you tighten up your rotation, you shorten your rotation, and an eight-man rotation of Steph, Draymond, Bazemore, Wiggins, Looney, JTA, Poole, and Mulder. I mean, that's kind of what you got to go with, right? I mean, they brought in Jordan Bell. They brought in Gary Payton the second, <laughs> just in case, so they don't have to play Mannion and Smiley important minutes. But I could roll with this. I could roll with this, you know? I feel that no matter what happens, this season is ending on a high note. You know, I mean, especially if they get into the first round, I'm preferring the Phoenix Suns because I just feel like Utah has enough experience in terms of veterans and has enough savvy, smart players. Whereas Phoenix, they have Chris Paul and a bunch of young dudes, a bunch of young dudes who could easily get rattled in the playoffs when it's high stakes and when they're the favorites. Imagine the Warriors come in eighth, right? And then they play the Suns and the Warriors take the first game. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, those guys are going to be a little bit shook. They've never, never won big in the postseason. So that might be a slightly better bet early on. And on top of all this momentum and, you know, these positive vibes and these quote unquote wins going into the offseason, my friend Aram in Toronto reminded me that it's also a hell of a way to show that Steph and Draymond are not washed, and basically to attract free agents and ring chasers in the offseason. We probably could have gotten some this year, but after Clay's injury, they all opted for the Clippers or the Lakers. But next season, it's like, oh, these guys are still pretty good, and Clay's coming back, and they got a seven-foot dude who is promising, and their bench is looking a little bit better. Maybe I can bring my X number of years as a veteran and my savvy and snag a ring. Huh? This season is about this season, but really this season is about next season for me. But I will enjoy this one. And I'm very much looking forward to them playing the Lakers or Blazers, whomever it is. I feel like, you know, obviously they'd probably have a better chance at beating Portland, especially since LeBron looked good in his return. But it'd also be fun to see Steph and LeBron go at it in a playing game. Like what the hell, you know, like the NBA couldn't have asked for a better scenario for the play-in, right? The two biggest stars of the last like several, several years going at it. Hey, and also, if the Warriors were to play the Lakers and lose, at least they get a second shot. Anyway, that game was fun as hell, and I'm looking forward to more. So I'll check you out then. This has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check me out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.